Did you know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues. So join us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities. We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Teague and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma. Good morning, evening, or afternoon. Good morning, evening, and afternoon to you too, Josh. So I heard Greg didn't take any of my advice whatsoever. <laughs> no, he did not. He just went ahead and bit the bullet. And <laughs> he did. <laughs> said, I'm going all in, huh? Yes, he did. So I'm engaged. Wow. Yeah. You didn't wait, Greg. He didn't listen to you. No. I will tell you that I, I let him listen to that, and I haven't seen him laugh that hard in a really long time, so it was really funny. He he's thought that was great. He's going to regret it. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> At least, I mean, I hope not. So what are you up to, 40 kids? <laughs> no, nine. Nine. Yeah. Feels like 40. Feels like 40. Yeah. They're great. They're amazing. They're incredible human beings. I'm very blessed to know all of them. So. Well, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas will be big. Ooh, we're already saving. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're getting married in June, so everybody that knows me knows I'm kind of a nutball right now because I don't have very much time to put this together. It's not going to be very big, very Wedding small. Wedding planning and yeah. all that stuff. I mean, it's intimate. It's just our family, but I still want it to look kind of pretty, so, yeah. you know, I'm a little bit. That was one thing I really hated about the wedding for me and Jody was all the planning. Yeah. I didn't really care about anything. I was like, just whatever's cheaper. Yeah. What's the cheapest? That's how I was. <laughs> and my wife was like, no, you can't just go to the cheapest. That's yeah, sometimes you have to remember that you pay, you get what you pay for. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm a big like, flowers person. I love flowers. I grew up with my grandmother who had flowers, both of them. And, you know, so I'm a big flowers person. I like to eat. Yeah, I, I don't get, care what my dress looks like. I just want nice flowers and cool food. And that's about all I want. Yeah. So Jody, you know, she got her way and got everything she wanted. <laughs> and, but we did get good barbecue. Oh, Yeah. And we got married on the 4th of July. That's fun. And so we had a red, white, and blue cake, which was strawberries, blueberries. Yes. It was just all kinds of berries, berry cakes in three different flavors. Didn't it, was, it rain? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And we, we had uh, fireworks and stuff. It was That's nice. That's awesome. So. Well, you know they say that rain on your wedding is really good luck. We also had a snake on our wedding. They say it's good luck. I look over, I was getting, I was doing some photos and stuff and our yeah. three-year-old flower girl was poking a snake on a step with a stick and I ran over and grabbed the snake and had to take it off to the field. You're not going to get the picture first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if she gets bit. <laughs> it's not good luck. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know why I just pictured you going, hold on, click and then running to, to save no, the girl. I was getting my picture made. I wasn't taking Oh, okay. I ran over. I saw her poking it. Yeah, a I stick. guess that was a dumb thing for me to assume you're taking pictures no, no, at no. your own way. Yeah. <laughs> you just take pictures all the time. So I just figured you might. Who knows? All mm -hmm. right. Well, you guys, this is the fifth episode of our second season here on Impact Stigma. And we would like to take a moment to recognize some important milestones. First of all, Josh and I have been hosting together on this podcast going on about 10 months now. So our season one had eight episodes and we're looking at adding seven more episodes for our season two, which would end up being 12 total for season two. That's awesome. I'm excited. That also brings us to hopefully by the end of our first two seasons, roughly about 20 episodes altogether. Yeah. Also, 
I got really excited about this, you guys. So I went and I'm telling you guys all this because I went and looked at our stats and it looks like we are almost at 800 listeners, which is so big. Thank you guys. Even more interesting is that we actually have 16 listeners in France and Canada. So we are officially international. That's pretty cool. I thought that was really cool. So thank you everyone for continuing to tune in with us here on Impact Sigma. As you all may not know, (laughs) this is a new one. April is Counseling Awareness Month, and that is where we honor mental health counselors, school counselors, substance abuse counselors, and career counselors. We ask all of our frontier health counselors to answer this question, what's your why? So our guest today shared this as her why. Being a therapist has always just seemed to be part of who I am, even as a child. At the core of being a therapist is the rich experience of learning about what it means to be human. I have the privilege of being with people at some of the best and worst times. Seeing the transformation is the best part. I can't help but find myself in awe of the human spirit and the journey of recovery. I consider myself so fortunate to wake up and feel passionate in my work with people in such intricate depth. She is the Director of Rehabilitation Services for Frontier Health and a licensed professional counselor. So will you all please help extend a very warm welcome to our guest, Fonda Wagner. Welcome to Impact Stigma. Thank you for having me. I'm truly honored to be here. That's awesome. awesome. We're excited. I all say right. awesome a lot. I need we to say awesome out. a lot too, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I say yeah. it all the time. Me too. Yeah. That's awesome. I was I usually say, Well, that's fantastic. So, you know, this is the, the point of the podcast where we like to ask some questions, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I got a couple to you. I do. All right. So I need to go. I've changed mine up a little. Okay. So usually I talk about food and stuff because I love to eat, but I'm on a diet, so I don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> If you were an animal, like a spirit animal, if you had a spirit animal or what animal, change into an animal, what animal would it be? Unicorn, definitely. Unicorn? Yep. Magical, mythical, sparkles, glitter, color, rainbows. They're fun. There you go. I can't believe you said unicorn. I love unicorns. unicorns. I've been dying to get a new unicorn coffee mug. Just saying. (laughs) All right. So my question is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, actually, at age five, I wanted to be a pizza delivery person because I was obsessed with pizza. Well, yeah, we could not get away from talking about food, Josh. We're I so know, sorry. <laughs> well, that brings me into my second question. <laughs> you can tell a lot of a person by the food they eat. Yep. So, what what is your favorite food? Your all time not like style of food and all right. that stuff. Like, what is you crave it? You want this one thing? What is it? I have have to have pizza at least once a week. Oh, okay. So well, not much has changed. I mean, I don't want to deliver the pizza anymore, but I, I, I still want to eat it. You want someone to deliver it to you. So what do you, yeah. put, on, what do you put on it? Um, I like most things. Uh, I would say probably pepperoni and mushrooms, probably my favorite. That's what I do. I do pepperoni, mushroom, and feta cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if there's a variety of cheeses to have, the more the better. Yeah. Cheese I actually really like crazy pizza, so I'm all about some scratch pizza. Mm-hmm. And I like to mm-hmm. go in there and say, hey, person behind the counter, make me something special. And they give me this chef's surprise or whatever it is. I always like that. So that's really good. I like weird food. (laughs) I can't help it. All right. So let me do this really quick. It's very important. We always want to make sure we cover this one part. So as always, we strive for candid, open, and sometimes even humorous conversations here on Impact Stigma. So please remember this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional advice, formal diagnosis, or treatment for mental and behavioral health issues. If you do need further assistance or have questions, please visit the Frontier Health website at FrontierHealth.org for more information. If you or someone you love has an urgent mental health need, please call 
928-9062, and our 24-7 Frontier Health Crisis team will be there to help. If you, your child, or someone you know is in danger of suicide, go to the nearest emergency room or call 911. So, Vonda, you and I, we met a few days ago in my office just to talk about today, and you shared the story of how you decided on a career in counseling, which I thought was extremely cool and interesting. So, would you please mind sharing with our listeners where you came from and how you found your way to Frontier Health? Well, when I started college, I I really started looking at career options. Uh, I thought about a career in physical therapy. I thought about teaching. And then I took an intro to psych class. I fell in love with that. My professor felt I had a knack for it. And I never really thought about it because uh, I'm from a very small town and knew very little of mental health. Where are you from? Appalachia, Virginia. Awesome. Yeah. My whole family's from here. Really? Mm -hmm. The Delps. I've heard that last name. Yep. Yeah. Such a small world. Small town, let me tell you. Small town world. I'm from Newport, Tennessee, so I'm from a tiny little town, too. So, you know, Josh, as well as I do, that it's just not something that's talked much about, really. No, not there. No. Um, And so, I guess that's why I never really considered it. But I didn't know much other than the the stigma, the labels, things like that. And uh, I really started thinking about my family, my friends, uh, people who have died from suicide, or had an accidental drug overdose, and started thinking about how absolutely devastating it is that people, you know, lose these things, uh, lose people in life, lose the opportunity to do the things they love, you know, the people who are left behind, and and just really thought, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of reversing that or offering the care. You know, it affects everyone. Absolutely. It absolutely does. Yeah. You know, I started asking myself things like, what, you know, if... Mental health care wasn't taboo. Where would we be? If we treated mental health like we do our physical health, where would we be? That's a great question. I think we're getting there, though, especially after this pandemic and people have seen, you know, kind of what the pandemic did to a lot of people. It's becoming a little more mainstream. Mm -hmm. It's still there. I mean, we're still got a fight on our hands, but I'm glad to say you're right. You're absolutely right. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. We're, even from where I began, I mean, I've been working at Frontier Health for 13 years now, and it's different since I began. So I think we're definitely going in a good direction. And, and all of those things, just really, I'm very passionate about mental health. It's extremely important. And I think that's, you know, one of the biggest things we have as far as all of our guests that come on here have that same huge passion, which is great. And it's, it's so nice. We get to We get to meet so many great people every single time we do a podcast that all have that same level of passion. So I will go back to what we talked about, which was when you finished your degree, then where did you go? Uh, I had a job doing counseling um, on the road, mostly going Mm -hmm. in people's homes and found out that I had a friend who worked with me and she had applied for the job that I had at the time that I had with Frontier Health to begin with, which was being coordinator of Victory Center. And she got to the job offer, and things happened very quickly in her life, and and she wasn't able to accept it. So she told the supervisor that she knew someone that she thought would be perfect for the job. I went and interviewed, very on the fly, and found out it really was a perfect fit for me. It really included everything that I've always been interested in, except for pizza, maybe. We'll uh, just send you a pizza over yeah. there, and then it's, it, pizza, it's everything is done, you know? Right. Josh and I, we have, we have to send a pizza to Victory Center now. You do. Okay, I will. <laughs> no problem. Okay, I'll be waiting. 
Um, but it did include the process of rehabilitation. It included educating people. Right. And, of course, mental health. So it really ended up being the perfect job. That is great. We know that individuals dealing with mental illness and other psychiatric concerns often need help in different aspects of their lives, including like work, living, social, and learning environments. So your position focuses on multiple areas of need, and one of those is known as psychosocial rehabilitation. Really long word. Regarding psychosocial rehabilitation, um, would you be able to share more about what that means, actually, better than I can explain it for our listeners? Sure. Um, In a nutshell, I would say holistic care, empowerment, learning, developing coping skills, action plans. It it is what the word kind of sounds like. Uh, We're rehabilitating the mind and social spirit, really. Uh, Those things, we're very social creatures, and so those things often go together. And because of mental illness, sometimes people lose that that social aspect, whether it be because of developmental disorder or a mental health issue that's really removed you from having meaningful social relationships. We're, We're there to help people get that back. That's great. So can you share a meaningful experience you've had maybe with us, an individual we've served? Sure. Um, do you want me to do one on in my counseling role as well as yeah, that'd be um, great. Psychosocial. You so you just share what you want to share. I just thought it would be great to share with our listeners some positive things, you know, interactions with clients, so they can kind of sure. get a better idea of of how we how we care for them. Probably uh, for me as a counselor, uh, my most meaningful experience I would say is a lady who lost her husband to suicide. Uh, she came to counseling, of course, for that reason. And we really just kind of allowed her some space to be angry about mm-hmm. that, to find some forgiveness, and for her to kind of redefine her life at this point. Um, you know, she she carried this pain with her for years, and it took us about a year, really, to, to work through it. And I'm happy to say she she did resolve that and found some purpose and meaning in her life so that she could not move on, but make it less of an impact on her everyday life. That's great. Her story is really remarkable. But in psychosocial, I would say it's working with a young lady who had very high levels of social anxiety to the point she was unable to even raise her head up, much less make any kind of eye contact. Um, She was just really unable to engage with people at all. She was very verbal, just the, the social anxiety was such a burden that she she literally couldn't raise her head. So we provided her a safe place to engage, learn, participate in activities with other people, help her increase her self-esteem, learn how to cope with the feelings of anxiety, and receive support from other people in the group who have struggled with those things themselves. Uh, within a year, she was able to talk to people, look them in the eye, she didn't have her head down anymore, and after she finished up with us, she got a job with employment services, and she was promoted to manager within months, and so her mom actually called us at this point, really, and said, what did you do to my daughter? And we're like, oh gosh, you know. <laughs> uh, Not a call you expect. Um, I bet that was kind of stressful. <laughs> yeah, so after stumbling for a little while, she, she then said, you know, this is the best I have ever wow. seen her. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. And, and so I still see this person. 
Uh, she works in the community. I see her every now and then. She's smiling, greeting customers. You know, she's managing a team of people. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's phenomenal. She's been at the same job for a while. Wow. She's really awesome. That's a good success story. Anxiety yeah. is so debilitating. Mm-hmm. That's a big win. Yes. Way to go, guys. <laughs> Thank you. So with your job and how it changes so often, how do you stay on top of, you know, your skills? Uh, well, uh, outside of, you know, attending trainings, kind of keeping up with what's new, what's trending in the field, I really probably learned the most from the people that were serving. Their experiences meshed with things we know. It, it, it really completes uh, what we know. Uh, I would say I also learn, obviously, from colleagues, and I learn from my supervisor, and, of course, learning through some trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do a lot of personal reflecting and processing, which helps too. So what's the biggest area you know, related to your actual role that you are curious about and why? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm really curious about just anything involving the human condition and relationships. Uh, even though it's not really part of my current position as a director, I love working with couples. I enjoy helping couples learn to communicate in an honest, open space and and getting the relationship back to what they used to be or a better place. Relationships in general are my passion, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a love junkie, really. Um, I just want everyone to love each other and, <laughs> and, and feel that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I am passionate about just relationships in general, whether they be romantic or not, um, because our lives are nothing but a string of relationships, really. Yeah, I think connection with others is very important and... The world is going so fast and everybody's trying to, you know, go to work and do that. I think there's just not anybody learning how to actually have a relationship where you're communicating in a healthy way. Right. It's just very, very few and far between. So, you know, I think that's phenomenal. I love that you have that passion. Yeah, I'm, kind of a, with, I'm a love junkie myself, oh, so I think that's great. Yeah, without that, I mean, we would literally, we can't do the, anything that we want to do without so. being in relationship with other people. Hello, everyone. Like what you're hearing so far? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, and we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. So what would you say the biggest misconception about seeking help for our, for our mental health is? That mental health is a condition where you either have it or you don't. You know, like you need to be at some kind of extreme of hospitalization before accessing it. Right. You know, it's for anyone and everyone. You know, I've seen people for reasons like low self-esteem, to grief, to coping with voices. So, you know, just like physical health care services, which you'll hear me say over and over again because it's all the same. Yeah. Well, you're in the right place because we say that on here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go in there for a a myriad of reasons if you're going to see, like, your medical provider – uh, not just because you've had a heart attack or a stroke or you've broken your leg. I mean, we go in there for other things, mm-hmm. more minor yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can just be concerned about an unusual symptom that you've had. You know, it's the same mental health. I mean, absolutely. something is kind of off with you. You know, you know I, I've been kind of feeling depressed lately and this is not me. And to say that even bigger is... Something that I struggled with for a while was mm-hmm. I've never had depression, but I had a traumatic experience mm-hmm. and suffered temporarily from depression. 
it it happened, you mm-hmm. know. And so I guess my big thing is, you know, mental health isn't forever. Sometimes people have conditions where they have to take care that they have to have, you know, help forever. Like say for schizophrenia or different the things that people tend to associate with mental health. Right. But there's t- there's things that you can come in and get get help for that don't last forever maybe six months maybe you just need some help for a few months Mm -hmm. and I think that's a big misconception too right totally agree it's just like every other field some some conditions are very temporary some are more long-lasting some you're going to be managing lifelong right you know and some are things that just happen to you you know like like you had mentioned yeah it's not anything that just like pops up I mean we go through some really difficult things in life and even if we're, we feel like we're doing okay, sometimes it's just good to reach out to someone who's not your friend, who's not your family member, and just let it all out and I'm, look at it. I think that's wonderful. I mean, I would love to be able to, you know, let all of stuff, you know, let all of my things out with someone that I know is not going to, you know, judge me, mm-hmm. isn't going to repeat it, and also is well trained to help me you know, give me some advice and, and maybe share some, some tips and skills to help me cope with it better the next time. Mm-hmm. No. So I would love that. I think that's great. Yeah. My favorite image of therapy is you see these two people sitting together and the little thought bubble uh, ahead of the, the, the client is this big like string of wads of stuff, you know, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. and you see the therapist on the other hand, who's like, pulling out those strings and just helping the person kind of look at them and organizing them. So, I mean, there's no magic. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could say it's more complex than that, but it, it, it's not. It's just, you know, when things are in our head, it's really hard to look at them in a way that doesn't include our feelings or our judgments that we have on ourselves. And, right. you know, the therapist is just there to pull those things out and look at them with you. Help you work them out. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about the labels for a minute that seem to follow those who seek help when, they, when they're, when they like, struggling with their mental health. What do you hear from those you serve as well as in your day-to-day life that stand out the most regarding labels? Well, I really don't want to emphasize the stigma, so I'll, I'll just tell you the truth about people who seek help. Uh, you know, they're seeking answers for what's happening. Uh, empathy someone to truly listen to them and, and not write them up, write them off as being weak or just making it up, mm-hmm. you know. And, of course, they just want to feel better and have some quality of life. Yeah. You know, we, we just want to be able to do the things that we need to do or want to do without being burdened by what other people think, truly. Um, you know, we want to have control. We want to feel we have purpose and meaning. And, and so labels are, for lack of a better word, they're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And I was, and I agree. And I, I think that labels are something that we hear in the society, in, you know, we hear everywhere. And I mean, we don't really need to go through all those. Those yeah. are, those are kind of yucky. But more importantly, when we have the conversation, our very first podcast, we talked about self-stigma. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of back up, go, go there mm-hmm. again. When people come in and they ask you for help and they're coming in for services, what are the what are their labels about themselves? Like, what are the things that they like tack on themselves that you all help remove? What do you hear the most? That I can't because I have this condition. I can't because well, that's just something we all deal with. My family and you know, 
this is just, this is just how it is, and I'm just going to be stuck living this life. You know, I, there's no there's nothing out there for me. I, I can't work. I can't go to school. You know, this this thing is going to carry follow me around everywhere I go, and so I, I can't do these things. I am my issue. Mm-hmm. Like I'm my I'm the mental health issue that I've been labeled with. That's who I am. Right. Instead of I'm dealing with something. And I'm not, I'm so many more other things. So that's kind of what you all help Mm -hmm. them learn is they're not their disorder or their disability or their mental health illness. They're more than that. Exactly. Yes. There's more to you than that. You know, you don't just have diabetes. You, you're a mother. Yes. You know, you're an employee. You're, you're all kinds of things. That's just a piece of you. You have diabetes. Right. And you manage it well. Right. Hopefully. And if you don't, you access the things you need to right. learn how to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what are some of the biggest reasons you see people avoid therapy or dismiss it altogether? It's hard. Yeah. You know, taking a dive into looking at parts of yourself or your life or experiences is really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it requires a lot of work and motivation and, and a commitment to make the change and, and, and actually progress. And, you know, it's, again, comparing to medical things, um, you know, losing weight, super hard. Yep. That's probably the best comparison, seriously. That's yeah. one of the best ones. We, I think most people can identify with that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I'm going to lose it today and then everything's good. You, right. you kind of have to change your mindset, change your your perspective, you have to look at food differently. Your habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. have to, you, there's so many parts to that. That's a great comparison. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, you don't just eat an apple and one day and everything's going <laughs> to magically fall off. Gosh, yep. wouldn't that be so great? It really would. <laughs> it really would. We're all just beautiful, skinny, whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Krista Johnson would absolutely eat my lunch if she heard me say the word skinny. <laughs> she would say you're healthy. <laughs> right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, yep. everything is about just being healthy. You That's know? right. That's Judgment right. Judgment-free and healthy. Absolutely. Mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so self-stigma can start with misconceptions about what depression, anxiety, bipolar, and other issues really mean. So it makes sense people needing therapy might be leery, knowing that a diagnosis might be applied to them. How would you help alleviate these concerns with someone coming to you for help? Again, if you go to a medical doctor, you're (laughs) going to walk out of there with a diagnosis of some sort. Right. You know, that's just kind of how healthcare and, and billing goes. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that a, a diagnosis is just a label for a problem. It does not define you, just as we said earlier. Right. You know, you're not seasonal allergies. You are not seasonal depression. You're not high blood pressure. You're not generalized anxiety disorder. You know, these are just medical terms. They're not judgments or definitions of a person. So... You go into it like that, thinking about, you know, this is just kind of part of the process. This is not who I am. This is just a label for a problem. I think it helps change your your stream of thought. I agree. It's kind of like pieces of information that we connect together to help uncover and solve the issue that the person is dealing with. It's not about naming them something. Right. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Until you know kind of what what it is that you're dealing with, it's really hard to know where to go. Absolutely. And, you know, some people like having that diagnosis because they've spent so many years wondering, you know, gosh, you know, it's a character flaw. There's something really wrong with me. You know, I was just born 
really with real bad genes or something. And, and that's not necessarily the case right. at all. Um, and, and when you, they get that diagnosis, it's like, thank God it wasn't just me. Right. You know, I want to plug a little bit because you and I talked about this and I'm just going to stick my, you know, self out and say this. One of the things I thought was the most interesting that you mentioned about the about Victory Center itself was some of the misconceptions of what you guys actually do and individuals that you serve. So it's not just for severe, you know, people that are dealing with something severe. Someone like, remember, if you guys go back and listen to our very first podcast, Eric Williams was our very first guest and he'd mm-hmm. had a heart attack and was told that he may suffer from some depression afterwards. And just, you know, that was his self-stigma. No, I won't. I'm fine. I'm tough. Right. And he did. He did have some issues. And he came in, someone who was a business owner, who had a medical condition and suffered from that medical condition. And part of that was depression. And he came in because his mama was his was awesome and told him to go. And he came in and got services and got help, got on his feet, and ended up being so passionate about it that he's a rock star with Victory Center. So, you know, I know that was something you mentioned that people kind of categorize it and say, oh, it's just, you know, it's just for certain types of individuals in need. It's not for everybody, and it is for everybody. Yeah, yeah. If you, you know, it's a lot like going to college, Mm -hmm. but learning about life stuff. Right. You know, the things we don't learn in school and so it is for anybody and everybody. You know, we, we work with people where they're at. Uh, we've had some people with who are far more educated than I am <laughs> who have come to our program at, to, to learn how to move past these difficult situations that life presents us. Right. Um, so we just wanted to tell our listeners, if you are, if, if anyone you know or, you know, maybe yourself is in need, the Victory Center with Frontier Health, this is a, you know, my own personal little love for it uh, plug is you know reach out I think that it'll be a, it's a great resource and we definitely don't want um, these awesome things that you all bring to the table to help people to go unnoticed and and for people not to know they have that resource out there so thank you you're welcome of course all right thank you so much for your time today it's thank been really fun me. I always I just think you're fantastic and you guys Wanda has a really great smile so oh, you do <laughs> And it's just, we're just really glad you came. And also, obviously, I'm always going to say big, huge thank you to all of our listeners. If it wasn't for you all, we wouldn't be here. So please keep listening. And we just appreciate all of you. Yeah, and if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do it. It's free. You don't have to pay for nothing. Just click the subscribe. Yes, absolutely. And you guys have an awesome, awesome day, night, evening, week, month, wherever you are. And don't forget to go make an impact. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities. Economic burden alone is in the billions and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. For us at Impact Stigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Stigma on our website at impactstigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at impactstigma.com. 
Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Sigma. You're so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to Impact Stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.